You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. The podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. All right, so episode eight. Whew. We're just going to do the same format that we did. We're going to go by it works show. really well. I yeah. think so too. So we, should we start with Hit List this time? Uh, yeah, just because that's what we ended on. Okay, and it's also the beginning. So they're in rehearsal. Jimmy's still being combative. <laughs> That's all I wrote. That was the first line. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's little Derek. What you know? It's it is what Derek. it is. But it's like it's not even just challenging. It's like, oh yeah, he like takes the gloves off. It's like, oh yeah, you're gonna do that. And you're just well, because like- Derek made it worse at he the did. end of last episode. Oh, he made it worse. You you by oh, throwing God. his. Yes. Wait around. Yes. I wasn't going to say wait, but you know. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, though. And that's just it, though. I, and this is what narcissism is, right? Mm-hmm. You cannot combat narcissism with narcissism. It, yeah. it never works. It's no. going to explode. Uh, so that's basically what we're seeing right now. Jimmy... <sighs> He okay. Cast list comes backstage with Kyle. These yeah. are the people that Derek is considering for the role of the diva. Yeah. Karen is like, Anna, you should try. You should throw your hat in the ring for the diva. And Anna's like, No, no, no. It's okay. I'm I'm happy being the sister. Blah blah blah. But she's not. It's fine. No. But like people on the list are like names. Jimmy comes out. This made me laugh though. He goes, Leah Michelle, Leah Michelle, and he goes, Say her name one more time, and she magically magically appears. <laughs> yeah I laughed out loud that was great he has a problem with these names he's like listen if you put a name in this show it's going to it's going to outshine everything else that this show is about and I actually will agree with that oh I agreed the whole frustrating like him being frustrated with the list yes the name he was frustrated with yes I was I was like I'm 100% with you on this friend (laughs) and Jimmy's like it's my show and then leaves which is also correct. Yeah. God senses there's a lot of friction for day one. <laughs> Derek is like, he he tries to just pass it off. He's a kid. He needs to start listening to me. And Scott comes back with late, hey, I work with a lot of kids and listening to them is a whole lot more effective. Yeah. But he also then says, 
if you're going to be in a show here, the director and the writers have to get along. You've got to find some common ground. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's that part. And then a bunch of small children start entering the theater. Oh, my God. Oh, I thought that was at the end of the audition last season, in the last episode. No, it, it was. They had a... They had to, they ended their rehearsal and then, cause Derek's still sitting there oh, thinking yeah. about what Scott said yeah. and these children are just surrounding him. It was cute. <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> um, there's this weird scene and I didn't quite understand where it came from or why it was there, but Karen is over at Jimmy and Kyle's apartment and she's like, I like this shirt. And he's like, that's yeah. my shirt. And she's no like, idea. But the neck is all worn out, which means I can wear it over my shoulder. So now it's a girl shirt and I'm going to steal it. And then Jimmy's like, oh, I have an idea. Let's make a scene in the show where um, the the girl steals the guy's shirt and then he dumb. sees her in a video. I know, like the whole this thing was, was all so, dumb. it was this contrived was and weird and it didn't and have a place. No, it was dumb. But it also introduced, <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. But it, I guess it did also kind of introduce the fact that that Derek and Jimmy are not getting along because Jerry yeah. Jimmy is like, well, why don't you bring it up to him? And and she's like, um, you're the writer, so maybe you should bring it up to him. And he's like, yeah, I don't think he's gonna listen to me. Yeah, and that's the thing, the listening, which yeah. everyone is gonna tell him. We'll see someone else tell him that tell Derek the same thing. Yes, you gotta listen. Maybe this one, this episode should have been called listening. Listen. <laughs> yeah, just listen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that, with the ah uh, at the end, yeah. Just listen, listen uh. <laughs> that should be our nice shirt. <laughs> listen, uh. yeah, that's I'm, good. I, I'm, like I that. am writing that one down. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I'm gold, I'm making gold here. <laughs> um, later on, Scott and Derek are having another scene. Okay, Derek has some very good ideas for the show in his own mind. And so because he's trying, <laughs> he's trying to take the advice of Scott, he comes up to Jimmy. He's like, Hey, I just wanted to show you where, what my thoughts are. He's showing him these big plans for the show. And Jimmy's like, no, man, this show should be small and intimate. It is not about like this huge aesthetic. It, it like, it, it's about the story. It's about the people. Yeah. And Derek is like, whatever. I, I don't hear you. <laughs> I'm not listening. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> So Jimmy brings his plans, Derek's plans to Scott. And he's like, yeah. this is what Derek is planning. And I'm not sure that this works for your theater. And it certainly doesn't work for my show. Yeah. Scott then has this conversation with Derek where he's like, it doesn't work for this space. And I don't yeah. know where you're thinking. And like, I also don't know where you're going to come up with the money. Cause right, that's basically I'm not trying the to... yearly budget. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to bankrupt the theater. with Right. This. Yeah. And he can't like, he's still on, on very thin ice as far as his, profession is concerned and we'll come into detail with that later yeah and Derek promises him that what he's trying to do is create a Broadway show with an off-Broadway budget yeah. so that's kind of where we end with that scene um on a yeah oh the little the, the thing is he's able to get the screens donated right so, so that was um, like a huge budget cut. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the four LED screens being delivered this morning is that okay yeah <laughs> just kidding they were donated you think I don't know people that's ugh, so yeah. gross. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so ask D to, oh, <laughs> I couldn't understand what my note meant. Um, Anna is trying to convince Karen to ask Derek to let her audition for the diva, but Anna's not willing to kind of step out in that way yet. 
uh, Jimmy and Kyle are talking about how Jimmy isn't going to let Derek beat him. So he's like, so these are conversations between Anna and Karen on one side of the street Mm -hmm. and Darren, excuse me, Jimmy and Kyle Kyle. on the other side of the street. And so their conversation is like, yeah, I mean, I like him, but he's acting weird and blah, 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 which we're going to hear over and over again. Jimmy, he's just acting weird. I don't know what to say. Uh, and Jimmy and Kyle, Kyle is like, wait a minute, man, you showed the plans to Scott. Like you went behind Derek's back. That's weird, man. Like, that's not how you act. Right. But he's like, Jimmy's like, I don't know what else to do. And I understood because Derek never listened to him. (sighs) Again, I agree to a point. Okay. But you, there, there was an area that Jimmy didn't go to. He went from zero to 60, but there is a 30 mile an hour sign in there where he could have been like, hey, let's sit down and talk here because we didn't get off on the right foot. I listen. I don't. I, the only reason I disagree. <laughs> yeah. Is because they're both so narcissistic that well, like, yes, he, like Derek's not going to listen as of right now. He's not going to listen to anything Jimmy has to say which just makes Jimmy angrier because he's already an angry person. Yes. And so like the only reasonable person who can speak to both of them Mm -hmm. is Scott right now. Scott and Kyle are the only two reasonable people who can sit down and have conversations. Yes, we can absolutely agree on that front. Yeah. But it's the fact that Jimmy has been nothing but angry from the start that I think precluded any conversation from ever happening between the two of them. I guess I just wonder, like with Derek, it feels like the only way to get him to listen to you is if you lick his boots. Or if you come at him, but even when Karen came back at him, even when Karen challenged him, it it's was just because never he wants to sleep with her though. Okay, that could be true. No, and that could be no, you that that could absolutely be valid. Like he doesn't want to he Karen he wants to sleep with. Yes. So I feel like that's his motivation for listening to her. And, mm-hmm. and like, but yeah, that's what I, that Either that's way, what I think. I don't like either of them. <laughs> I know. I know. I understand. But I mean, at the end of that conversation, I mean, he does say, I'm not going to let Derek beat me. So right. even him taking the plans to Scott wasn't in an attempt to get him to listen. It was in an attempt to undermine him so that Scott would say, Hey, Derek, maybe this isn't working out. Let's follow what Jimmy has to say. That's what this is about. His motivation is what it's about, not what he actually did. (laughs) I love you. You see the good in all of these people, and I see the terrible. (laughs) 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 But then they look across the street and see Anna and uh, Karen, and uh, (laughs) Jimmy goes, hey. And who walks out? But Derek is like, hey. Let's start rehearsal again, shall we? It's like, ah, you beat him again. <laughs> oh, right. Because that's the very moment the screens are getting loaded off yep. the truck. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and, and essentially what that tells Jimmy is that his plan backfires. Yeah. Oh, ways. well, yeah. oh, but Derek actually says to him, Scott, love the plan. Like he's a two-year-old. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, but wait though, <laughs> because this is the best. In the next scene that we see of Hit List. Uh-huh. 
you see Tom and Julia coming and we'll talk about that in a second and why they're there, but they come in to watch this rehearsal and the rehearsal is devolving. It's going down and down and down because any direction Derek throws at Jimmy is thrown right back in his face with just a, a, a just a sneer of contempt. Right. And yeah. Jimmy's like, yeah, well, why don't you ask Karen what she thinks about yeah. this new place that you're going with this? And Derek goes, no, 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 please. I want to know. What do you think, Karen? Fully expecting her to say, no, I love Derek's idea. It's great. But that's not what she says. She's like, I think it's the wrong way to go for this show. It doesn't work for this show. Well, and they've spent all this time like... <laughs> The technical is yeah. a mess. Well, and that's essentially what they're seeing in this rehearsal. Yeah, the tech is on like, the screens. It's overloading the system. Buffering. Right. Yeah, it's terrible. But in that moment, then Derek takes that information. He goes fine and leaves the rehearsal and just like a two-year-old. Like a two-year-old. So it never ends. Uh, Julia takes the moment to like, I guess, ambush Scott. And it's like, hey, um, you haven't called me. And we find out then the reason why there is this rift. Yeah, yeah. And that is because Julia, 15 years ago, mm -hmm. had promised Scott the ability to direct her play mm -hmm. at the Vineyard Theater. Mm -hmm. But then Julia got the opportunity to have it performed at Lincoln Center and took it. Because Mike also, Nichols was directing. Exactly. That also meant, though, that she had to take the other director and yeah. leave Scott in the dust. Scott never forgot that because it basically meant that he had then to work for 15 years to even get to where he is, which is still tenuous. Yeah. But that jump started Julia's career. So yeah. that's that backstory. <sighs> Derek and Tom have a conversation, but I think that's more for Bombshell. So we'll come back to that one. Oh, it is. It is. Jimmy it does and, help yeah. Derek a lot too, though, but you're oh, right. Oh yeah, totally. And we'll, I, that, we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. I think it is important to come back to that conversation, but I think it does. I think it works more for bombshell. Yeah. Um, Jimmy and Derek are now having a conversation. You know what? Let's go ahead and talk about that conversation because okay. I think that informs what I was just going to say. Yeah. Um, there is a moment where Tom has some self-doubt about his directing style, which we will get into detail on when we're talking about Bombshell. But they are having a conversation, Derek and Tom, on the stoop of his building. And Derek is, or Tom is like, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> uh, and Derek comes back with saying, having them respect you is a whole lot more important than having them like you. Yeah. And he says, it's a lonely business, Tom, and you can't always be friends. And Tom, you know, makes a joke. They're laughing over Jimmy saying, I don't think, I don't think Jimmy thinks that's ever going to happen with you guys. And, and Derek is like, oh, he's killing me. But Tom basically tells him, Jimmy is you. Remember when you were 24 years yeah. old and you were never wrong. But the thing is, you weren't wrong. Your ideas and your, your uh, motivations and your uh, instincts were spot on. Yeah. But you were terrible to work with and you were, you know, you were always, you know, spouting off and doing all of these things. And he is in the position that you were then yeah. now, yeah. which did make Derek think. And I do yeah. love this because then in the next scene that we see with Jimmy and Derek, he says, you know, the, I started in theaters like this and some of my best work was in theaters like this, where I had to, because I had no other choice, but to think outside the box. 
But then, you know, you start working in bigger theaters with bigger budgets and suddenly you've got all of this money and all of these, you know, these resources behind you to do bigger and more and better. And, you know, and you lose sight of what it was to think outside the box. But he, in his way of saying that he's apologizing, you know, there's a slim possibility that, that I'll, (laughs) that you and I will be friends basically. Mm -hmm. But, um, it's been a while it'll, it'll be, it's been a while since I've thought out of the box and whatever, but he's willing to, to basically give it a try. Yeah. Which is good. This is good. But so then he kind of opens up the conversation to Jimmy to talk about the show as Jimmy sees it. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy says, it's about two people falling in love and what gets in the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Derek says, what gets in the way? And Jimmy looks him dead in the face and says, other people. Mm -hmm. And all right, let's show them that. Derek says, let's show them that. Mm-hmm. And they have this amazing number. What is the number called? The number's called I Heard Your Voice in a Dream. Okay, awesome. Because I, I, um, I've been writing down what I think the title is based on the song. And I'm usually right, but sometimes I just miss words or sometimes just not quite right. So I had I Heard Your Voice. <laughs> but it's This great. song is written by Andrew McMahon. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's, it's very good. And the staging is amazing. So you've got all of these dancers in the middle, keeping the two of them apart physically um, before they finally, at the end of the number are able to confront each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Derek has decided that, that Jimmy should be angry about the way Karen's character has treated him. But Jimmy never saw it that way. When he was writing it, his idea was not that he was angry, but that he missed her. He wanted to see her again. And he didn't care that that she had stolen from him and betrayed him. He just wanted to see her. So he sees her uh, in a dance video on TV while she's living in L.A. And that is the you know, that's what he has to get past in order to see her Mm -hmm. physically in this number. Then after this rehearsal, I guess, Julia ambushes Scott <laughs> yeah. and apologizes. Yeah. She does. Yeah. It ends weird. Yeah. Which is why then I was like, maybe I won't see Scott anymore, but it was, it was weird. Yeah. You know, no, she's... we, we will just cause he works on the show. We That's will true. see him again. That's yeah. true. But I guess I just, I want them to have now a relationship. Like, I want them to be friends again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's not how it ended, this no. this apology. But it was I mean, it's yeah. 15 years for him of like. Yes. No, of course. Mike, you Here's know, what I think I, on yeah. top of that whole thing, you know, being a black man who's yes. trying to make it in the theater industry. Do you know what? That was at the forefront of my mind during the scene. <laughs> that exact thing yeah. was like, of course she was willing to to take this chance above and beyond these people that she was working with at the time. But the fact that she did it so blatantly to someone who was already marginalized is just kind of a stab further into the heart. This is what I wanted to have happen after that apology though. When she turns to walk away, he says, Hey, hang on. If you're willing to help me out, I can use some of your clout. Mm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. how about let's yeah. use some of your privilege to help us out now that's right mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah I don't know maybe it'll come to that maybe it won't he should have at least asked <laughs> um okay 
is that it for that? Oh, wait, what did we just no, talk about well, the song, that, right? We, yeah, and we also have the end of the episode. Anna. Yeah. Oh, I just uh, her performance. I'm sorry. I heard your voice. Ambushes Scott. Yeah. Okay. Karen and Anna are having a conversation in a bar. Yeah. Every It's after rehearsal. Everyone's at yeah, the bar. Everyone's at the bar. And Karen is like, I don't know why I feel this way, but when I look across the room at him, I just feel all melty. Melty. <laughs> melty. Yeah. And she's, and Anna's like, you just go and talk to him. Like, go yeah. and tell him how you feel, because if he doesn't know how you feel, then you can never move forward. Right. Yeah. But Anna's like, wait a minute. If you're willing to do that, I'm willing to do something else. And yeah. she hands over her drink and she walks up to the live band that's playing and is like, hey, boys, follow along. She gets on the mic. And she's like, Derek, this is for you. Pay no, attention. she says, I'm the one. <laughs> oh, that's right. I knew she said something, but I couldn't yeah. remember. I'm the Derek, one. I'm the one. And she starts <laughs> singing, uh, if I were a boy, boy, Beyonce, Beyonce. love sings this you see the look on Derek's face my favorite reaction to this was Scott who was sitting behind Derek just (laughs) smiling and laughing into his hand the whole time he's like he's loving this moment right but it's a great moment yeah because Krista Rodriguez shows exactly what she is capable of in this moment Anna shows exactly what she's capable of Derek comes over and says you got it I mean like there's a mic drop moment and then later on he's like yeah you're the diva you're Mm -hmm. it uh, and so that's really fun and exciting. Yeah. And Karen <laughs> uh, decides, okay, fine. If Anna's willing to step out in this way, I'm going to go talk to Jimmy where she says, I like you. Do you like me? And he's like, yeah, I like you. But she's like, no, I mean, do you like me? I mean, it's like that conversation. <laughs> like, I like, like you. Do you like, like me? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But let me just tell you like a funny, a funny story about that because you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, right? I know the name. The Why writer. I... Eat, pray, love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so I love her on the socials. And she tells the story of her partner who passed away. Uh, I think she's been passed now two years. Um, um, when she, they had been friends for like a couple decades or something. And so this was basically the conversation they had. Two 40-something-year-old women where she was like, <laughs> do you, do you like me? Like, but like, do you like me, like me? And, and her partner said that she would always recall this as feeling like a middle school conversation, (laughs) but between two 40 year old women. And it's just like, when I, when I hear that story, I'm like, it just doesn't change. Like the older you get, you still are like nervous and say silly stuff like you did when you were in middle school. So (laughs) yeah. Oh, it's cute. So Anna's the <laughs> diva. Karen is flirting. Um, Jimmy, he kind of says that he likes her, but he's being super He doesn't flighty. say anything. Oh, that's right. He doesn't. He doesn't because say anything. Because by the time, because because he's like shocked. I have to put Your my nipples down. I know. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Whatever it was, he doesn't yeah. say anything. And yeah. Derek comes in and she says... Derek walk me home home. and Derek is like yeah I'll walk you home blah 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 and then like 
Jimmy's like, uh, Anna's going with you, right? And no, because Anna's over here with some guy and Kyle's over there with some guy uh, with the lighting designer of the show. Yes. Love that. That's a because, cute little storyline too. Well, that, right, because that scene where Anna is sitting in, I don't, it, was it the green room? Was it the lobby? Oh, I don't know where they knows. were. <laughs> but they were just sitting there and, you know, she says, you know, we all want things we can't have. But um, the trick is finding out what we can have. And then the lighting designer, she looks at him and he like looks at Kyle with the twinkle and, you know, something's going down later. <laughs> yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Uh, so Derek and Karen walk home and they say their goodbyes on the stoop and Karen goes up and uh, then there's someone ringing on the doorbell and mm -hmm. she goes, did you change your mind about the drink? Come on up. Uh, doesn't ask who it is, just assumes, right? Can, can I just tell you how very nervous I was when she first opened the door because I, my eyes saw Dev. Oh, no. But it was Jimmy. Yeah. But my eyes saw Dev. Oh, no. I know. I know. I was like, no, when did this storyline take place? But it wasn't. It was just Jimmy. Yeah. He comes into the apartment and they basically molest each other on the kitchen counter. Yep. Immediately. That's not how this works. No. <laughs> it's never worked like that. There is not a single person I can think of that would ever just want to do that. It's not pleasant. Like I, I, nothing of like that appeals to me. I just don't understand that why writers think that that is what people want to do. <laughs> I don't know am I, either. Am I wrong? I don't, I don't know. But like, you know, it's like that whole, that whole formula where they yeah. look at each other for a beat and then they like smash faces together <laughs> and are like ripping off each other's clothes and they can't get the skin in like fast enough. You're like, get your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I just almost threw the computer across the room with that move. Whew. <laughs> but yeah I don't it's like um do you remember the line when Harry met Sally when Sally's like uh we like she says they never had sex on the on the floor which is like a trope as well you yes. know just like the table right yeah and she's like is this really hard Mexican ceramic tile and I'm just <laughs> like that is the reality yes <laughs> that that perhaps you might start on a place like the kitchen counter but one or both of you are gonna be like mm, I don't like this this doesn't feel nice. And like, whoa, whoa there, man. I'll take off my own shirt if you're just going to scratch me. Like, hold on. There well, she still had her shirt on. She was well, ripping he, his off. He, yeah, you're right. He took, yeah. I mean, he was ripping his, he, uh, just the, ugh, the whole thing. <laughs> just the whole thing. All right. So hit list is over. Let's go to bombshell. Okay. Bombshell. Rehearsal. I'm <laughs> just setting the scene. Julia is waiting to hear from Scott she's talking with Tom about this grudge that he's holding at this yeah. point in time. We didn't know what the grudge was, but we yeah. have since confirmed that it is because she basically betrayed him yeah. 15 years ago. And of course he, like Tom is like, um, do people really get over grudges? I think they just get worse basically. Yeah. And that's tr very true. Tom does this really stupid thing, which really sets the tone for this whole episode in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Ivy says something like, do you mind if I do this catch breath, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, that's great. I love that. And in fact, 
anyone who has any ideas come to my house tonight right terrible idea so he's basically opened this forum for all of the actors to come to him with their ideas what he doesn't quite understand is how to say no to those ideas to any of those ideas so he's just going to take them all in and try to work them all out but it doesn't work that way and in this situation you need a strong leader and he is not being one no Daphne Rubin Vega shows up, which is another just like on the nose hit to rent. I know. <laughs> also, not, the posters her, in Scott's yes. office. This is oh I, my Joshua Saffron. Really laughed out loud because the shot that they have of Scott just above his right shoulder is the rent poster, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like you don't have to hit us over the head with this, you guys. I mean, bludgeoning <laughs> us to death this entire season. Yes. I said to Megan, I was like, Megan was like, she said, if you're not, if you're not like a theater geek, you're not gonna get all of these references. And I was like, this, I know, mm. like we didn't need all of this right. as theater geeks. And if you're not a theater geek, you're not even gonna know what's happening. Exactly. So there's no point to do all of this. None. Like hand wringing, beat you, like bludgeon us to death with the rent references. Like yeah. we got it. And the <laughs> first episode of second season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Daphne Rubin Vega is a publicist. She's mm-hmm. working with Eileen because she's like, without Derek behind you, you the show doesn't have the the power behind it that it once did. We have to get like the show up and we're like, we have to get this name out on people's lips and not, yeah. you know, regarding the all the stuff that's gone on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Tom and Julia are having a conversation where Julia's like, dude you have to set boundaries because these are like your children. You have to set strong boundaries with them. Otherwise they're going to run rough shot all over you. And also I thought, how in the world does he just expect her to do all this writing? Right. Okay. Yes. Because you just mentioned it. He's like offering these things to different people. He's saying, yes, you can do that. Yes. You want your own scene. Oh yes. You can have a monologue in that, in that, you know, place. It's just like, oh my God, but he's doing it without any conversation and without even telling her that it's going to happen. So he's just saying, yes, walk up and say, thanks, Julia, for my monologue. And she's like, "Eh, what? what are you talking about? But also they're coming up to him and saying, hey, I think that my character would have a little bit more to say in this scene. What do you think? Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. Let's add a monologue. It's like, duh, guy, this, it doesn't work this way. Um, he offers okay sam is back for a week love him yeah he's back for a week he and ivy have a little scene down on the sidewalk outside of the rehearsal studio where she's like you're here for a week great hey tom's upstairs i bet he'd love to see you you should come up and say hi and at first he's like oh i don't know but then he he concedes they go upstairs he looks across the way and he's like oh my god it's so good to see you you know what you should leave your tour and come back. If you're unhappy on tour, you should come back. We can find a place for you here. And Julia's like in the background going, what? Because then they have another cumber. Okay. Then at the open house party that he has invited the entire cast head, to. I know. he's going to be able to hear. Sorry, but they, they, can, they see it in their mind's eye, though, I'm sure. Because <laughs> they're probably doing the same thing. At the cast party that Tom has invited the entire cast in order for them to give him their ideas 
to that night. He's tucked in his bedroom, going over the script, trying to find a place for Sam. So he's not even enjoying the party. Right. Julia comes in. She's like, why aren't you out there? Everyone wants to see you. This is your party, right? But he's like, ah, I can't find a place for Sam. Well, duh. Julia's like, there isn't a place for Sam. I told you that that there isn't. Or that he was also looking for Ivy wanted something in act two. A breather, like a place that she can be off stage. Yes. Yes. Cause she, the breath, the breath was like in a song. Oh no. Like a breather. breather Like like, I need a, yeah. Yeah. In act two. Yeah. Top of act two or something. And he's like, I don't know how to make this work. I I know. And Julia very wisely says, if you want to add something, you have to take something away. Not everybody is going to be happy in this scenario. But instead of him just being like, Sam, I'm so sorry. I, there's not really a place for you. He doubles down. So now he goes out and we're all chatting and fun and it's great. And Sam finds this music and he's like, oh, remember this? I loved this song and the show was terrible, but this one song was great. And Tom is like, yes. And Sam sang it amazingly well. He was the best part of the whole show. So they sing this number, which is called. I'm playing odds on tomorrow. And it's a great number. It really is. It's Nat King Cole, basically. Uh. So I was thinking the whole time they're like, oh, let's let's make another musical about Nat King Cole. Here's let's let's really let Pamela play musical juggler. Um, But he sings this and he's like, that's perfect. I mean, Nat King Cole and Marilyn Monroe never met, but we can create a scenario where that might work. Like, that's how we can introduce JFK. And Julia, meanwhile, is like, this is not going to work ever. Like in what but. He basically offers the role to Sam. Sam goes off and quits his job to do Marilyn Monroe's musical. Yeah, he did. He did. (sighs) It wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. No, it was not cool. And the the fact is also the director doesn't doesn't get everything they want just because they're the director. They still have to run it past the producer and their writing partner and, you know, and other people that might be involved in this. Right. But no, he's just creating roles for people willy nilly. (laughs) And Julia's like, no. And like, if that is when she, I think she says, like, if you take something, if you add something, you have to take something away. And Tom is like, we're not going to lose anything. (sighs) Which means you're going to have like a four hour. Yeah. Musical, no. and it's going to be awful, and it's not yes. going to make any sense. And you're going to reintroduce an, a character later on. I got like, the title of the song wrong. I'm sorry. Oh. It's actually called "Let's Start Tomorrow Tonight," and it's okay. written by Shaman and Whitman. I guessed that it was called "Start Tomorrow Tonight." She said that. Well, I couldn't find it in my notes until just this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, these are very this- small written notes full page I think there's like three pages and now we're splitting things up next time I'm gonna do this page is for hit list this page is for bombshell (laughs) now that we know the formula yes (laughs) halfway into season two right exactly (laughs) (laughs) but I wrote after so after that song I wrote wow but it was super fun. It was so fun. You've got Bobby yeah. and Jessica dancing along with him, but he's he, the hats entire and canes. In, yes. Yeah. Coming in this door, leaving out that door. Like, oh, is it really so cool? It was yeah. very well performed. Um, Eileen has found out from the publicist, Daphne Rubin Vega, who I don't know her real name. Oh, I, Agnes. I just pulled Not that out Agnes. of my duty. I don't know if that's it's, right. 
I don't think it's Agnes. Okay. Don't, don't quote me then. I'm just going to okay. call her Daphne Rubin Vega. Okay. <laughs> she, in that conversation that we talked about before, has discovered that Richard, the New York Times uh, theater arts critic or arts editorialist, um, isn't going to write a story about them, even though they're friends. And he, it was yeah. his idea not to write the story. So she goes to him and barges into his office and is like, we need a story. And he's like, listen, we've already told the story about the scandals behind these shows. It's the same story. I can't, there's nothing I can do. And she's like, well, find a new angle. <laughs> so he, um, he decides he's going to go ahead and come to the rehearsal that day and watch it and see, or the next day, maybe, I don't know, and see, you know, what other story that he might be able to come up with. But when he shows up, he is, Eileen shows up first. God, there's so much information. Eileen shows up to the rehearsal first and discovers that they're not going to do the number that they thought they were going to do. And right. instead, she's real pissed. Right. Instead, they're going to do the number that Sam is going to be performing. And yes. she's like, Sam isn't in the show. And Nat right. King Cole is not in the show. And this needs to be about Ivy because I've got the New York Times guy here right yes. now to look and see what this show is all about. And New York Times guy Richard comes to see this exact conversation. And it's not a conversation. Eileen is yelling at Tom. And yes. so he goes away. And Daphne Rubin Vega is asked to go and, and chill him out for a second so that Eileen can come back. So Eileen goes down to talk to him. And is like, um, you know, it's it's not, that's not what this show is about. The, yes. this you, You're seeing drama, but that's not um, what this is. And he said, well, you know, can I let me write the story about how you and Katie came to save the production mother daughter saves the day and and she says well I'm not willing to let Katie uh do this but you can see her her cogs turning yeah. she gets another an idea. idea keep your phone on I'll be in contact and then she whisks herself away I'm gonna save that little tidbit of information for the very end because it's a dun 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 moment oh <laughs> So now we're back in the rehearsal room and mm -hmm. Julia has a come to Jesus moment with Tom and is like, you can't be doing this. Yeah. This doesn't work. You have to tell Sam that he can't be in the show. Yeah. And you, you have to like really begin to put your foot down with people. And so this is when, um, this is when he then has a talk with Derek and we see, you know, he's got that conversation with Derek, which we already talked about, but mm -hmm. he says to Derek, like, how do you do this? How do you not uh, care. You, he said, you really don't care what other people think of you. And Derek says, no, I don't. And he says, how do you do that? And he says, well, I, I understand that it's more important for them to respect me. Mm -hmm. And then of course, Derek also gets some advice from Tom about the fact that like, he's not listening. And Jimmy sounds a lot like him and Derek protests and says, I wasn't that bad. And Tom says, no, you were worse, which is <laughs> Everyone can see it. Everyone yeah. is sure he was worse. Um, and so then Tom goes back to uh, back to rehearsal after they have this little meetup with with uh, Tom, with Derek. And um, he then does have to tell Sam that, like, he, he can't be in the show. Yeah. And Sam's upset. And he says, well, you Sam said Tom says, well, you left you left Book of Mormon because you weren't happy, which like we've already established here on this podcast that like Book of Mormon is racist. So of course he's not happy. Yeah. Um, and so he, uh, so Tom says that to Sam 
And Sam is like, he's pissed because he's like, well, now I have to go and see if I can get my job back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Tom goes back into the rehearsal space and Julia's in there with with them. And he starts like laying down the law the way that he always needs to. And he tells he tells Ivy, you're not you that that breathe that break. Right. I can't give you that break in act two. But I that breathing room, that that little breath that you needed, that was an excellent note. We're keeping that. Um, and there was like, oh, also, she was trying to talk about costume changes. Yeah. He was like, no, no. Nope, she was like, I want new, they are. They're just you perfect. wanted new costumes because Karen had had worn them. I was like, <laughs> right. Art, we're real petty now. Right. We're getting down to brass tacks petty. Yes. It's good. I mean, that was a really good come to Jesus moment because Eileen also echoed it. She yelled. That's what she yelled, was yelling at him. You're yeah. the director. Yeah. You have to make the decisions. Yes. Yeah. Um, the thing is with Sam. Yeah. He wasn't happy and no, he, he did wasn't. want out, but yes. he would not have left that no, job unless he had something else. And he did have something else. And that is why he made that decision. That's so right. you can't just all of a sudden say, well, no, I mean, you didn't leave the job because you wanted to come back to us. And because I promised, because of me, you left because of you. No, that's actually not the case. No, it's not. The I case. would have been just as pissed. Um, I also I would never have left the job I had without a signed contract. Yes. But that is also just me. <laughs> I that's probably I feel like that's a writing thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it all had to happen very fast in yeah. order for it to be as impactful as it was. <sighs> but he wouldn't have he wouldn't have left his job with no, he wouldn't have Tom. And you trust Tom because Tom doesn't have any reason to lie to you. And Tom has never, ever, you know, betrayed you before. So, of course, right. you're going to trust that you've got this job. Here's the tidbit of information that I was holding off because this really packs a punch. Okay. What Eileen was working on when she said, keep your phone on, Richard, I'll be in touch, is that mother-daughter moment. Yes. But it is not the mother-daughter moment that we expected, which is Eileen and Katie. Right. It is the mother-daughter relationship that we have between Ivy and Bernadette Peters, otherwise known as Lee Conway, who will now Conroy. be Conroy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Who will now be taking the role of Marilyn's mother in the show? Terrible idea. Ivy doesn't know it though, no. and I think this is really going to blow up, and it's going to be spectacular to watch. I I was pissed at I was pissed at mm-hmm. Tom because I thought mm-hmm. he of all people, Eileen may not know the depths of the difficulty of that relationship, but Tom yeah. absolutely does. Yeah. And why would you choose to do that? You know, you know, she was addicted to pills. This type of trauma that Mm -hmm. you are allowing to be inflicted on someone that you would say that you loved like a sister is garbage. But Tom has been given advice that it is more important for the for the people to respect him than to like him. So that is where his mind is right now. He's trying to be a director, a leader. But you're, but this is trauma. Oh, it's complete trauma. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to come. And she's going to be a disaster because you also being a leader means caring for those that you lead. Yeah. Right. And so it's uh, leading from the front. 
and taking the hit before your officers officers do yeah and taking the hit in this place would have been you know what i know that this is important to the show and i know that this is important to get the story in the new york times but it's not going to work yeah not this it's way. not going to work for a lot of reasons that i can't go into detail about but it's not going to work and it's not best for the show if you're going to do trauma to your lead actress absolutely because not only are have you okay, fine, you've opened yourself up to great publicity. You're gonna have to find another Marilyn. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting what happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that is the end of episode eight, season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a roller coaster of emotionality! Totally. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen next week? I mean, good lord. Goodness. Well, thanks for listening, friends. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Theater Geeks Anonymous. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TGABWAY and on Facebook at Theater Geeks Anonymous. And if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about, Drop us a note at TGABWAY at gmail.com. Until Until next time, time, geeks. geeks. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>